0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: Live from the Dream Hotel in Hollywood. Chief Johnson, Malik Rashid, Worldwide Tie, A Sweet Life. Yo, man, finally. I know, right? (laughs) Finally. We in the suite. Y'all on brand? Hey, we on brand, right? That's that's one. That's one. We got one. We got one. We got one. He'll tell you. You're you're not on
0: brand.
1: i brand. Yo, man, what's been going on? Talk to us. How you feeling?
0: You just celebrated a birthday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just turned 39. It's interesting. When I was 18, I never thought what 39 would think, would like feel like. I don't think we plan for 30s, right. like, to be alive. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow, that's... It puts, it puts our, the way we even think about life and, like, how fast can I, my boyfriend, pop off rapping, right? right. It's like, nobody's thinking about the planning of, like, that. So, being 30, turning 39, it's, it was in, it's interesting. Yeah, so it was interesting. But it's cool, though. I feel like I'm still, I feel like I'm having time of my
1: life though in terms of like yeah. when it comes to how I'm feeling with life. I saw that you had posted, uh, you were like, I'm six days in and it's, this is, this is just beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, what's, what's, uh, what, what's something that you can point to, you know what I mean, at 39, that at 30 maybe, or even mm-hmm. 35, let's say 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, a different perspective, something super transformative, that's that's helped you. Man, um
0: it's funny because you know how how my personality is. I it was is. on the phone um, talking to our booking agent, Calendar, and while I was talking to him, I was like, "Man, there's so many motherfuckers call me that don't got nothing to offer the conversation," mm-hmm. and I was like. Yo, know, I owe Sean G an apology. Cause I used to always say, man, Sean G only called me when he wants something. I called Sean G, I said, hey man, I apologize. He said, what'd I do? <laughs> I said, no, nah, you didn't do anything. I said, man, three years ago, I was talking to Troy and I was saying like, you know, these old niggas, man, they, don't be, you know, they only call when they need something. I said, but now, four years later, I appreciate the fact that when you call me, it's an cool. opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It might not be the money I want, Mm -hmm. but it's an opportunity. And he was laughing the whole time, like, man, you crazy. I said, no, man, but I'm serious because I I have to be accountable to growth. You know what I'm saying? And at 30, that was, you know, I was way more rough around the edges than 35, right? But it still was, like, this same level of, like, not getting support, so this chip on your shoulder mm. that creates more issues for you behind closed doors that you don't even realize. So I thought it was really important that me call that mm. black man and say, yo, man, I really appreciate you calling me because you always call to offer opportunity.
1: Mm. Sometimes we don't know what advocacy looks like. We definitely don't, Yeah. <laughs> we definitely yeah. don't. I was just talking to an old mentor literally a week ago, and. I literally had to do the same thing i apologized i I told him i said i wanted to take the time to tell you when i was in your office and listen to what i said i was Mm -hmm. in your office Mm -hmm. and you were paying me a consultancy salary whatever you know um and every day your your door was open for me to walk in and I was—I remember screaming one day, like you're not supporting me in the way that I want to be. Yeah. And he, like, he, you know, he's like, "What does advocacy look like to you?" Right, right, right. And I had to go sit down and like think about it. So, it's it's also important for us to like circle back. That's a dope mm. thing that you did for yeah. Sean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We we need to do more of that with each other, just sometimes like circling back and be like, "Look, man, I was in this place at that time. I didn't have this understanding, this context. And now that I do, and I know that what you were offering me was something of of substance and to help me, Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Because it's rare.
2: Quieting that pride to allow yourself to do that also too.
0: 1000%. And
2: also one thing I had to learn as I got older in my career, I always thought that transactional relationships were a bad thing. Oh. Okay. I always looked at it as a negative thing. Like, oh, you're like, you are only want to call me because you want something. Okay. But then you do realize like, it's just how you frame it. It's how you, con- it's, yeah. it's the context you put it in.
0: Yeah. Okay. You
2: know what I mean? Because I'd rather somebody call me when they need something mm-hmm. and they're intentional about what they need than somebody pretending to be my partner my friend my boy i got you but really the ulterior motives and mm. i think we have to get into that space of being like it's okay if we ain't boys we don't gotta talk every day mm-hmm. but when we do talk let's either get down to business or you know let's catch up with it whatever it is so i think the how you um how you frame everything is, is so important as you get older mm. in your career you know yep. um, because then you're not turned off to things We were talking about it earlier about as you get older now, especially in the executive space and some of these other spaces, people tend to try to say you're archaic or or you're a dinosaur. And a lot of it is because the pride of people who've been doing it for a long time won't allow them to dive into the TikTok generation or dive into like these things. Even if I'm not a fan of it, me as a marketeer, I have to understand what's going on I
0: have to understand it I have to
2: understand the climate of of what's going on in the world or else I fall behind you know so Hmm. you know again and a lot of that for me was my pride like I've been doing this so long Mm -hmm. I've been at the Mm -hmm. beginning of this I helped usher this in Mm -hmm. but you only as good as your last hit and that can be music, it could be a jump shot, it could be a marketing campaign, whatever you know it what is. I mean? Whatever it is. So, you know, I, I think, you know, to you guys' point, we have to do a better job of advocating for each other, but not always in the lens we see it in, mm-hmm. you know, because advocacy could be in
0: so many different forms. In this business of music, a transactional relationship might be the most transparent relationship you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, you don't like that you like because there's so many actors right so many so somebody that you know for a shot of a doubt like oh we only do business mm-hmm. they only call me that might be the most transparent relationship you have and you don't even realize it
1: you know and it might be the most rewarding because again it doesn't come with all these layers like I don't have to hold space for you to be like Hey, you coming by the house? You want to sit with the family? You know what I mean, like, cause you don't have to do all of that. You want to go to the game together? this yep. is it? Nah, you're calling me because you wanna you wanna route a tour. I need Brent on the tour. You know what I'm saying? I need Brent for this festival. I need you know um, I need Couture to do whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Sponsor things, whatever. So, again, the the trans the the transactional relationship. May actually be the most transparent, but also the most rewarding because what it does is it frees up the thing that we can't get back. Time. Yep. Mm -hmm. I don't have to hold. I don't have to hold space and time for you. Yeah. So that's a blessing. Yeah. You know what I mean. Clarity is very important. Excuse me.
0: Clarity. Clarity. Yes. That's another thing. At 39, I was like, I'm praying for more of that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think. It helps with your mental health as well. When you have clarity on what it is and what what it is and what it ain't going to be, you don't live in a fairytale world. So it helps you digest reality better. Yeah, And make decisions. And and informs the decisions. Clarity always going to inform the decisions. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of like mental health and and like all those things based around wellness, your your series that you do, your wellness, um, how did that come about?
0: Man, so- Tell us the name of it first. So yeah, so the, the, the company is called Mirrors Wellness Club. Okay. And the concept of Mirrors Wellness Club is looking in the mirror and, and checking yourself, and then from there grow from your wellness, you mm-hmm. know, and being serious about it. I've always been, I play sports, so I've always been conscious of working out and wellness and all those different things. But the Wellness Club started because of NFTs right okay Mm -hmm. so November early November 2020 no 2021 I was trying to convince my clients that they need to get into NFTs because of the fan reward and the fan the fan like build that you can do if you're really serious about it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: outside of the cryptocurrency and the blockchain technology and web3 just the technology itself So I was looking at it similar that I was like, I was looking at screaming in 2009. I was like, yo, this is going to be something. It might take 10 years, but this is going to be something. Mm. And I got frustrated because none of the artists would listen. So on my way to Jamaica to write the book, I came up, I started sketching these drawings, which I haven't sketched drawings since I was like 11. And it hit me. I was like, man, I'm going to do my own NFT collection. But I'm like, what the fuck I'm gonna do the collection on? Because I, ha- I, I don't do stuff just to do it. And I was like, what's important? I'm asking myself these questions as I'm walking toward, through Atlanta airport, headed to my flight. And what popped up to me was wellness. Mind you, I had no clue that there was no NFT project that was centered around wellness. Okay. I just was like, that's what I'm gonna stand behind. I'm gonna stand behind wellness. So. I started thinking about it, you know, the drawing I was doing, I was like, oh, man, you know, I, I was drawing these, these dolls looking in the mirror.
1: Okay.
0: And I was like, I'm going to call it Mirror Wellness Club because in order to start being healthy, you got to look at yourself. Self-reflection is the first step of any healing, yeah. right? So I was like, Mirror Wellness Club, that's what I'm going to call it. And it started from there as i started learning about nfts as i started like learning about the technology then i started learning about how many people that don't even really know about wellness but they knew about web3 okay. so i was like oh so we need to be like the hub okay. for people that want to know about web3 and they serious about wellness that's they're the audience the people that want to know about wellness and they're like early adapters with web3 they're the audience. Mm. And it started being this thing where I wanted to create something that we know from the data that social media fucked up multiple generations. Mm. Now, with Web3, with with virtual reality, with the metaverse, it's gonna do worse damage if we don't get in front of it. So Mirror's Wellness Club was my effort to be like, okay, I'm gonna do in real life events. We're gonna use the metaverse as a tent pole to be like, Hey, remember, go outside. You know, just mm. think about if you're in the metaverse and you walking through the metaverse. We may have a billboard up in the metaverse that'll say, "Hey, go walk your dog." Yeah. Hey, go ride a bike in real life. Yeah. And to be constantly reminding people that this ain't real. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like this is this is a fitment of technology that's incredible, and it's beneficial but it's not real. And I think if we had that information before social media got here, it'd be less kids that are affected by bullying, that are affected by suicide and drug addiction because they are ashamed of, or they're like polarized by social media.
1: Polarized is the perfect term.
2: Yeah. Um, You know, you are talking about like sketching and you're walking these things down in your mind. You identified, you know, this is, these are the people that this is for. Do you feel like that art is lost and way harder now for artists now? Because you have TikTok, you have Instagram, you have Facebook, and it's really just like, whatever clicks, but people don't really, I I feel like it's harder to identify who your demographic is, you know what I mean? Like when people are making music, I don't feel like people are like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to speak for the kid who, you know, you know grew up like this or I'm trying mm. to reach this demographic. Do you, do you feel like that's a
0: lost, that's kind of lost these days? I, I think that the hardest thing for any artist in any generation is to find their audience. Today, it's harder not because they can't find their audience. It's just people have multiple interests nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like genres are being bent because people now growing up listening to, on their playlist there's rap, funk, funk country, alternative, all genres in one aspect. As we was growing up, you had to switch the CD player. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you had to change the, the radio station or whatever the case may be. So I think now people are creatures of habitat. If I'm looking at you and you start doing something that I do, but you do it at a lower quality and you're being successful, the percentage of me trying to do it at a higher quality is going to decrease because I'm seeing in front of me that you're doing this shit at a low quality, I, wanna get, I just want to get the same results you're getting. Wow. I think that is what's happening because when you think about companies like Motown, you think about a lot of these, they were standing beside. Incredible talent. Incredible, right? That ain't that ain't that ain't the case now. So the bar is not being rising because everybody's hustling Mm. versus people was had purpose in their music. But everybody now is hustling.
2: Makes sense because it was like people would go into the studios. The huge boards, the bands, mm-hmm. the musicality, and now it's like I could do this in the back in the bedroom with just my laptop. Cut my dough. And, and there are some amazing artists are able to do that. <laughs> exactly. Like you said, when the frequency is like, Oh, that's the bar now, I can step over that. I don't even gotta jump.
1: Yeah, which is uh, which is a huge hindrance mm-hmm. to the overall uh, arc the lack of the lack of development the lack of the lack of bodies of work like we're getting you know in anything right now we're getting too much Mm -hmm. there's just too much you know what I'm saying like nothing is special like you know we're from the era where you know releases were special I remember when Kanye and 50 were about to battle to see who could you know Yo, I'ma sell more records than you on mm-hmm. this day. You know what I mean? It was on 106 in Park. They was gonna meet. Everybody was like, yo, we gon' somebody gonna end their career. It was yep. like a real thing. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't sell as many units as me, but also again, it's 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 the overall the overall uh purpose. That that all comes from purpose. I don't think Kanye, I don't think fifty were saying it out of there's a little vanity to it, mm. but it was really like, nah, motherfucker, I stand on this music that I developed for like nine months making <laughs> yeah. Kanye like, yo, I went to Hawaii and did all of this and brought everybody in and, you know, 50 probably had, you know, Dre and High Tech and non Porter at the time and everybody, you know what I'm saying, in the kitchen cooking for him uh, in New York, like whatever, and and we don't, that, that right now is... I think it's, it's, it's just a microcosm, right, of everything. Like, I, I might sound like a hater, but I was watching the tournament, and I, and I was just sharing with people. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry. I feel like the level of basketball that's being play, played right now is, I see a lot of athleticism. I see a lot of people that can jump out the gym. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of threes being hoisted, but I don't see no footwork. I don't see, the, the team that won is because they got hot, not cause it was a great team. And there's cause there's no other great teams. De'Aaron Fox
2: said the same thing. He
1: there's said, no other great teams. It was just somebody got hot for like in a tournament setting. That's mm-hmm. it. I don't believe that the best team won the national title. I don't even know how long it has been since the best team won or somebody caught fire in a tournament. And that's like again, right? That's some light shit. That year
0: Baylor won. Nobody would beat Baylor.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was grown men playing defense, playing Mm -hmm. sound basketball, but but listen to what you're saying now. And it was all grown men, guys that had been in the program for a long time. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They were developed. Um, They were developed. Um, Speaking of which, I'll give you another example. So my daughter plays, you know, club volleyball. So we're in Vegas. And there is there was a team out of uh, Texas, daughter plays in 12, like elite class. So the, the, there's these 12 year old girls and they're from like El Paso, Texas. And none of these girls had any height to them, couldn't spike the ball, anything, right? But they passed the ball very well. Uh-huh. They dug the well, and we asked the coach, we were like, yo, cause they were really highly ranked. The other girls you saw, these other teams, like my daughters, it, Physicality, jumping out the gym, spiking the ball, duh, duh, duh. These little girls from El Paso, Texas, we were like, what's the, what's the secret? He's like, oh, they've been playing together for like five years. The They're also a softball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, you oh, know what man. I'm saying? Like, this, the, the, what was encouraged was long term. We might not win it this year. We not mm-hmm. might not win a year two, but by year three, y'all gonna have played together three years, mm-hmm. played in these tournaments, understand whatever, uh, you know, the nuances, mm-hmm. understand what your teammate does well, mm-hmm. what his strengths is. We gonna be have let go all of the ego, mm-hmm. right? We're cool with subbing in and out. It was, and they were blowing everybody out. Development. They whooped everybody. So that we're clear. Just because people stepping on that
0: dope, development and product is still winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) it's still gonna win. Still, Still. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's still gonna win. It doesn't matter just because you get successful today. We was talking about this because um, our approach to just developing artists Mm -hmm. is just based on slow roll, a whole bunch of no's for a very long time until yeses are just like, you stupid if you don't say yes to this. It, it, it's so obvious mm. that you don't say, you second get yourself the opposite of the way. You're like, man, I probably should say yes to that. That's how <laughs> long we wait before we start saying yeses to like the really developing artists. And through that process, I would literally watch artists get hot, disappear, get hot, disappear. Yeah, i watched for seven years. Yeah. Get hot, disappear. Get hot, disappear. Get hot, disappear. And the ones that have staying power cut through when they do have the obligation. Like SZA is a talent. Mm -hmm. She's talented.
1: Yeah.
0: She would have survived because she writes her music. She would have survived a lot of different eras. How big she would have been. Subject. Yeah. But she's a talent. Yeah. And that was a developed talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger because the foundation of it
1: is there now. It's there now. It's there. Same thing with Brent though, with you and Brent.
2: The long game, your ability to almost like foresee these things. You talked about the cusp of streaming 2009 and you being like, there's something there. Might take 10 years. What is that mentally that allows you to stay in that space to stay the course. Because you're known as You are the long game. You're no, <laughs> not only the long game, but just true to 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 what you believe in and you stick to your guns
0: and you don't know, waver from that. Mentally, what keeps you in that space? Everything for me changed when I realized I wanted to live till I was 80. You know what I'm saying? We try to get stuff so fast cause we don't know where we're gonna leave. Mm-hmm. We, we we was we grow up as black men basically seeing everybody young die probably before. so you're not planning so it's like i got this thing that's hot i need to cash it in now it's <laughs> like yeah. i need my money now i don't want to mm-hmm. think about it because it might not be hot then or it might not be valuable in two years or it might not be valuable in four years that simple click of like Man, i don't want to live till i am eighty. what does life look like when i am eighty? I ain't trying to be fucked up though. I'm not trying to be broke when I'm 80. Yeah. So if I'm taking, if, if I'm with people or with artists and they want to take their time, I'm not tripping because I know what comes on the back end if you take your time. Mm. That development is, it, it's, 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 it's crucial. It's, it's so crucial. Yeah. And when it's there, it's very hard to like take it away. It's, it's very hardcore. hard to take it away.
2: Is that what kind of what pushed you to um, the book? What, yeah. what stirred in you to um, want to write the book? Because I I've I've known you for a few years, but you've always been operating in the back in the shadows, yeah. and you know writing the book, and now you know even sitting down with us and some of these other you know interviews and things that you're doing. What, what brought that upon? What was this, the calling or the stirring in, in your heart? It was
1: the 39 was coming, he was like, this, this is just a part of it. I want to give all the information
0: away, right? Okay. That's, that's the core of it. Mm-hmm. I want to give all the information away. And I wanted to do it before I was quote unquote successful. Mm. Because when you're writing a book from where you're at or where you've experienced and you haven't seen that level of success yet, the person that's reading it is going to read it from that place in their life. Like, I'm not, I wasn't Diddy writing the book. Mm. Not to say that Diddy can write a book right now. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't, so a person reading it, they might walk past me at the mall, you know? And so it feels accessible. Mm. It feels attainable. And the way that I'm writing it, I'm writing it from a standpoint of, this is what we did. It might work for you, it might not work for you. It might work for you, it might do conceptually these are methods that you can actually do it. but here is the story on how we did it but this is the concept that you should probably use and it's a step-by-step to step, step way and I just think that the information that I have been getting over the last past decade through being a, a boutique business you know it's important for people to know that they can do it but you have to start small you have to start from a from your foundational building i remember speaking to this like these young uh white kids R. really dope anr had has really good ear and he was hounding me like when i say hounding me hounding me i know who this and is and i think i think we was either in dallas or we were, it was one of the shows where i think you was on you was yeah yeah of, we was in dallas and i remember this i was sitting on the tour bus and i was looking out the window and for some reason, I think he was either on the phone with me, but I, I, he might have been in front of me, but I think he was on the phone. He was on the phone. And he was just like, man, why you doing all this work? Why don't you just partner with the label and let them go deal with Australia? I said, if I partner with the label and let them go deal with Australia, I don't learn. And where I'm sitting there as a black man, I can't afford not to learn, because if I want to grow wealth, I got to pass information. You know what I'm saying? I said, so if I got to go to every fucking country myself, to learn so that I can solely come back and be like, this is what I learned. You gotta do it this way. This is how their system works. I'd rather do that because then I'm gonna learn and then there ain't nobody gonna be able to like, tell me that this ain't the right way or take something away from me. You know what I'm saying? From or standpoint- have
1: you move out of fear. Exactly. Cause you don't know. Exactly. There's that blind spot. The blind so spot you, is very important. Yeah,
0: yeah. So for me, I'm like, man, I talk a lot of shit, man. I need to learn. Cause motherfuckers ain't gonna fuck with me because I've been to say <laughs> some shit. They ain't like. So I need to I need to weapon myself with affirmation. Yeah. I'ma get the experience cause I'm gonna go out and be humble about it and get people's coffee. I don't care about none of that, but I care about the information. So the culture playbook was there's a brainchild between the article that went viral back yeah. in the day yep. with me and Yo, and we just kept that conversation going, and I was like, man, we need to make it uh, like a playbook where a person can open it up, any chapter, and say, I'm going to try this today. I'm going to try this tomorrow, you know, and the concepts in it I think is going to live for a long time because I don't think we ever thought about we do bad deals because we got financial trauma. In a black community our first transaction was check cashing or payday loans or all these different terrible Yeah, th- th- these things are out these are things are illegal yeah. in all of the states where they have high capital of wealth
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> like payday loans these things are illegal yeah you can't even have them in certain states really yes oh, yeah. it's illegal but then you take a Jewish community who got their, their Jewish loans that are interest-free loans for anybody that's Jewish. And all thing they got to do is be Jewish and pay the money back, interest-free. That's their first introduction to loans and finances and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, as I'm writing the book and I'm reading the Jewish uh, phenomenon while I'm writing it, I'm like, is there an alignment with the reason that we take bullshit deals?
2: Mm-hmm
0: is because we are introduced to bullshit deals in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Then it it starts having people think about like, oh, so if I never get introduced to a bad deal, I'm more likely to fight for something that's good for myself. Wow. And then it kind of like hopefully can train brains that work in the music space to not only be more agile about their business, but to understand what kind of financial Trauma that you probably experienced growing up yeah. or your mama experienced and it rolled, it rubbed off on you because you know you pawned the title to your car,
2: yeah, and the interest rate is twenty seven percent but as mm. as uh, both of you guys as execs in the music business for a long time, one are you still like perplexed that these kids are still putting themselves in these bad deals because the wealth of knowledge that's out there about these bad deals and you can, I mean, there's an artist every year, artists every year from old to new that are like, that's the label, I got in a bad deal. And two, how do we, the education is there. How do we get artists and these people to start taking this knowledge and actually, you know, Putting it into practice,
0: I blame the lawyers. Yeah, every last thing, every bad deal a artist signed, the lawyer's fault. The lawyers got the information. I'm sitting. Artists today have lawyers that will sign their rights off. Now the artist might be gun ho about getting the advance. Like I want to get the money. I want to get the money,
1: right? But But if they were really educated on what's on the other side of it, not only is it the lawyers, and we're not just talking about music. We're talking about (laughs) in all mediums. You know what I'm saying? NIL shit going on now. You know? Terrible lawyers. Terrible people in the mix. Um, It's the Wild Wild West. Um, There's a reason why it's being allowed to move in the fashion that it is right now because then there's going to be someone else of another complexion that's going to come in to a family or families. You know, uh, we know sports, NFL uh, specifically, is what, nearly 80% black? Yeah. Okay. But there's going to be someone from outside of. your structure—that's going to be the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. So let's let them let's, let's let them run wild right now. Let's let let's let certain things happen, so then I can come in and say, "Hey, man, listen. I know uh, I know your guy over there means well, or your father means well, or blah 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 blah. blah and but you know, we need to take it from here. Or you're going to be in trouble. You know what I mean? And that and and we've seen it over and over again. So there's a reason why these things are allowed to happen.
0: Now I don't think that black business owners or black executives or black managers or black lawyers understand that when you get an opportunity to support the business of a black athlete or a high profile black artist, if you fucked that up, you just fucked it up for five or six or 10 different opportunities for people that didn't even know that they wanted to be an agent or wanted to be a financial advisor because now they're gonna look at black is wrong. The white folks, they rarely, you're gonna rarely know that they fucked up because they're so ahead of you with the information. We don't understand the type of pressure that we have to do good business mm-hmm. with each other.
1: yeah, yeah absolutely. And how that
0: can be like, man, I, I should have went on and just did it with the, the white lawyer or the Jewish lawyer because you didn't do a good job. Yeah. And I'm putting more pressure on you to do a good job yeah. because you look like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can feel unfair, but that's the reality of it until it's not. Yeah. Until it's not. it's true. We
2: even hold, like you said, each other to a different standard. And we're almost like looking like, she gonna do nigga business, you know. <laughs> but you know, I I I feel like it's you know sometimes very neglectful. I know there's you know so many platforms, you know whether it's podcasts or you know YouTube channels or news that the focus is so much on the rah rah when. I feel like if we can just figure out a way to, you know, again, like disseminate some of this more information, that might not be exciting. It might not be exciting until you the one on the other end going like, damn, I'm in a messed up deal now. I wish I would have took more stock in learning about this and learning about that. You know, um, I I just find it interesting. And even what, you know, you were talking about the lawyer, like Lamar Jackson is now in a position, they may, Change how the CBA and contracts or so because how hard he's going, he wants all his money up guaranteed. It's never happened in the NFL, but he's standing on that, you know. And he hasn't allowed anybody to shake him down, you know, to to change his perspective on that. And I think he can be a great pillar to show, like you—you're only good is what you negotiate,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think. <clears throat> Yeah, the Lamar situation, because um, I want get, to get back to something um, to do with you, but in Lamar's situation, I think it's going to be what we've seen in the past. It's going to be very difficult because Lamar is fighting a couple of enemies, whether he is aware of it or not. Not only is he fighting the NFL owners, but he's fighting the agent. Agents can't support him because if he does this deal, if he's able to get this deal for that amount of money, right, guaranteed, then it puts the agents in jeopardy. They shouldn't look at it like that. They should look at it like, yo, he's educating himself. I can still help him educate himself. There's still other nuances to making a deal, but that's not how it's perceived. So there's fear. So that's why you see This guy's two years from being a league MVP. This guy's only gotten hurt in the pocket. He's never been hurt running. These are facts. Mm -hmm. He's never been hurt outside of the pocket. His, his, His injuries have come actually trying to be a pocket passer. So with that being said, like, we've seen it before. There's collusion. You know, that's it. Period, point blank. And uh, it, that, we've, we're we always facing those things. Again, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like the goalposts move for us, man. Yeah. Even when, you know, the dude, like, what have you, he's an exemplary guy too. Yeah. Like it, from a character standpoint, all you hear is like, yo, he's a great guy in the locker room and this and that. He's been great to Louisville. You don't hear anything about him in the off season. I haven't heard about him in a club with a gun. No disrespect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like dude is living his life. So for that also he should get what he what he you know what he feels he should get. I mm-hmm. think there's, you know, that that's where it is. But he's fighting he's fighting an uphill battle, man. And and again, we find ourselves in these situations because we're not unified. Mm-hmm. Cause if the player is unified, fuck that them union people, because they not for you. They in the pockets of the owners anyway. If the players unified and just off of sheer numbers, like, yo, you're not doing that, we're not going for that. Mm-hmm. That's it, it's, it's, it's in anything, right? Sheer mm-hmm. numbers. Like, if we want things to change in music, we just like you, Barry, me, whoever you know, uh, G, uh, uh everybody, wh- whatever managers, everybody gets together, Troy, whoever, right, and just sits down and just has. <laughs> A real conversation minus the ego and say what's better for the the arcing, the overarching trajectory of us. And that's that's our problem. We don't sit in that space.
2: Well when we do, we don't put no actionable <laughs> actionable items behind it. It's it's great to sit down and have the brunches and the lunches,
0: it's, but it's easy to disrupt mobility versus <clears throat> civil rights was happening. There was no other options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either you, you you boycott this bus, <laughs> or you can't go back to the community that you live in. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, there's so many distractions for for unity, um, monetary distraction, resource distractions, whatever the case may be. So people are not going to. It happens all the time with me. Just I negotiate a deal on the touring side <clears throat> and. My man's that I know going to do a good job for this show. I got to fight for them to get the show over Live Nation, not because Live Nation is a bad company. I'm like, it's a black man. He's going to do the exact same job Live Nation is going to do. But there's three people calling me trying to convince me that Live Nation is better. Once again, I'm not saying that Live Nation isn't better or is better. I'm just saying that this black man has done great business already i'm gonna stick i'm gonna go I'm gonna go with him. you know what I'm saying, and because that's what the Jewish man would do mm-hmm. right or the or the hispanic man like it's a it's a trend culturally that they figure out how to support one another yeah. and so but it's always more money yeah man I, you know what i I just give you more money just to do it with you, yeah, and then that's when this whole unity thing goes, goes shit it goes out the <laughs> window. Now, and he's like, Man, I gotta get my money. Yeah. And it's just like how much more money do you need, you know, that will justify not Fucking being united all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The justification <laughs> of not being united is one of the <laughs> the shit that we see so much yeah. of, you know what I mean? But listen, speaking of like united and just speaking of advocacy support you, I, 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 we, we were talking about this earlier. You, um, first, I saw that Lost Kids, Brent, yourself, have a grant out. Mm-hmm. Um, speak on the show grant. Show you off, Grant. Show you yeah. So
0: basically, um, it was a record Brent did like in 2007, maybe like 2016, 2017, and it was called "Betting on the Muse, and it was a song. I was like, man, this song is incredible. The name is incredible, whatever. But through the process of the song getting done, the name got changed to show you off, and the song was about the influence of all the black women in his life. And it was a like we did like a almost like a short film style music video for it. One of the marketing pieces was this grant that I was like, "Yo, we're gonna do a show you off grant, and we're gonna identify five black women that started a business, and we're gonna we're gonna grant ten thousand dollars." So it started off as a marketing tool to. To promote this song that he was putting out to um, do an International Women's Month to honor all of the black women. And then the visual had like, all his aunts and his mom and all these different things. It was shot by a black um, uh, director, a female director. Um, so from that seed, the grant was birthed. And hmm. from there, we've just been carrying it on ever since. Every, International Women's Month Women's Month, and so the grant is meant to basically say you don't have to have a degree you don't have to you know have experience on starting a business you don't even got to have you know um you know somewhere to stay <laughs> you know what I'm saying but if you can record a one-minute video just telling us about your idea of a business that you have or a business you want to start uh, you have an opportunity to get the grant. And so, and, and so that's kind of like how, how it started. And it's an annual thing that we do. And um, this year, we just, we just picked the winners, um, 10 women, uh, 10 grand each. Uh, so so, so they're, you know, they're literally in the process of getting all that. And this year, it's more built out now. Because before, it was just like, here, go to money. And then we're back working on other things. But um, m- uh, my partner, Jane, wanted it to be more supportive after the fact. Mm -hmm. So now they have like mentorship that they get quarterly from anybody that's in culture's ecosystem. Um, They have, uh, they get invited to uh, anything that we're doing that can kind of help them with their business or things of that nature. It's like a check-in aspect of it. And then they become a part of like this alumni. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to figure out how to incorporate all of the grant Winners, which is, is three. This is the third class, so it's three classes of it, and figuring out how to incorporate them. Maybe like a year five, we do like a, a mm-hmm. annual, like a five year, you know, kind um, uh, <clears> of <throat> revamp or revisit of all the the, the, the brand, the, the grant winners, and see where they're at with mm-hmm. their businesses, or if they started new businesses. Because the truth of the matter is, the grant is just for the entrepreneur spirit. Yeah. You, what you might start today might not even be it. It yeah. might be one of four, yeah. but the fourth one might be it. But that initial seed gave you that empower, empowerment, gave you that confidence, yeah. to be able to say, you know what, I can do this. Like, they, they, somebody believe in me because yeah. I didn't even have a business plan. Yeah. I just told them about this idea. And hopefully it sparked like a certain level of drive. So my thinking about supporting black women wasn't more so just like oh my mom's black, you know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. more like, man, my mom worked hard. Mm-hmm. Like I watched my mom work six hour, twelve hours swinging shifts, you know what I'm saying? I, I watched that. I watched her work two and three jobs for me and my brother. So what happens if that same level of work ethic, those twelve hours you give into this company, what happens if you have a seed or you have infrastructure, you have a support system? that encourage you to go out on your own and put those 12 hours somewhere where your family can benefit a lot more. Down the road. Down yeah, the road. yeah, yeah. And so yeah. that is like my thinking when it comes to black women. It's like, yo, if you work hard and you got resources and you get opportunity, this $10,000 grant, it ain't life changing, but it could be life changing. It could mm-hmm. be. That's you know smart. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. It could be life changing. Not the money amount, it's the actual Intention behind it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's the the seed. Somebody that's being bet sold, on me, right? Yeah. Somebody
1: bet on me, and so
0: that can be enough courage and enough confidence to fuel a whole city from a, from a woman to spread and build up a other team of entrepreneurs that look like her, that don't look like her, but they all got the same mission, yeah. and so everything that it's kind of like a. Trickle down effect. So that is just from a, a work perspective and a business perspective, but then from a mental health perspective, with Mirrors Wellness Club, we started doing this all women's retreat last year.
1: You just went with St. Martin. Yeah, St. Martin. Yeah.
0: And the concept of it was, we wanted to do like vacation uh, scholarships, right? <laughs> and it was solely based around wellness. And so I was getting, you know, feedback from other women that travel with groups, because you know, a lot of women want to travel, but they don't always have somebody to travel with. Yep. So people join these travel clubs. And I would always ask like, so what do you like about the travel club? What you don't like about the travel club? And one of the consistent um, gripes about it is that it's too busy. I don't feel like I'm on vacation, right? Mm-hmm. So what we did was we invited 15 women throughout the entertainment and, and sports and, and 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 just entertainment and media business in general. We invited um, 10 women to bring them and their plus one, and all they have to pay for is their travel to the destination. Once they get there, everything is paid for, from the excursions to all those different things. But for the hotel fort- too, everything. Okay, okay. So the four nights, the Itinerary every day is based on wellness. So day one might be a welcome dinner, uh, yoga. Mm. Then you go do whatever you want to do. Day two, it might be a sunset cruise that starts at seven. So you got the whole front half of the day to do whatever you want to do. And uh, what I've noticed is all of these women, they started to talk to each other, communicate to one another. It's almost like a golf course for women. Yeah. Um, and okay. they're able to build these relationships. So now, Women that was at that retreat, they're finding ways to work with one another after the retreat without interference of penises. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so so this year, um, we're we're building out this year. So it's going to be 17 women that get invited, and they're inviting their plus ones. And we're still working out the details of what a city is going to do. But we we, we focus on, like, the, the Caribbeans. Cause they just feel like wellness
1: you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. and it's
0: and it's really really designed and what we realized through like the surveying and all those different things was about 65 percent of the women that was there hadn't been on a vacation in like five years
1: wow
0: you know what i'm saying wow and so um it was one it was a mother who she just gave birth uh like a year ago and she was like, "Man, this is such a, a refreshing thing to me." And she was in between careers, like she was in publishing, trying to figure out, like, "Okay, what was her next? What is the next thing that she was gonna do?" Uh, and it was women last year that is getting invites this year that couldn't come because they was they was newly m- mothers, you know what I'm saying? They had newborns, and they just wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. leaving their child at that particular point. So now this year they're like. I'm ready this year. I I, I think I I deserve it. Right. Reset, recharge. Reset.
2: Um, What's um, whether it's a quote or something you really stand on, like just some word, you know, a little word of wisdom, you know, for for the people out there. Um, You know, everybody loves affirmations and those things. But what are some things that you actively do every day, whether it's prayer, whether it's. You got a whiteboard with quotes or, you know, Mm -hmm. what's
0: something like that that you... One of the things that I've been doing since 2011 is that I pray in past tense, right? So my prayers, and it it pops up daily on my my phone app at 4 o'clock every day. I pray for the things that I already achieved, even if I haven't achieved them. So I'm pr- my prayers are based on solely gratitude. So mm. when you read my, so if you read my prayer, you read it as if it already happened. Mm. And I'm being thankful for it. And I think people, I think a lot of people don't know how to pray, right? Because it's almost like I want to pray and I want it to instantly happen, yeah. right? Versus <clears throat> the gratitude of getting blessings and being thankful for the blessing that you already received, that's the most powerful prayer. And so for me, I, I, that's something that I do, like, literally it pops up every day at 4 o'clock, and it's been like that since 2011. And I, re, I, I update my, my goals and things I want to achieve holistically uh, the 12th of December every year. <clears throat> so I've already surpassed all my personal financial income goals for my prayer for 2023, the first quarter. And, I, and, and it's so ingrained into my mind now because every year for the last past yeah, 12 years, been doing that. I've been doing it. So now it's like, I look, I'm like, oh shit. Like it kind of threw me off a little bit when I looked at it the other day. And I was like, oh shit, I, don't, I, I just, damn, it's only March. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> I'm always about just like gratitude. Beautiful. Is. Saying thank you. I don't think enough nice. people say thank you, man. That's like something that I'll leave with everybody. Like, say thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm Nah, man, <laughs> we're, we're grateful you came and, and sat with us, man. We, um, I've always just admired your work from afar and, you know, it's, it's, it's just dope to be able to sit down. You know, it's refreshing, it, it's important. You know what I mean? So I'm very steeped in gratitude, you know, for these moments. Um, and just just excited to continue to learn from you too, and it's also amazing to surround yourself with people that you can learn from, 100%. and um, that are always pushing the boundaries too. So, 100%. Yeah. and I think yeah. what
0: you guys are doing with you know combining sports, um, music, and 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 wellness, you know, is important because um, the, the pandemic technically is. You know, fizzling out, right? Yeah. Um, But there, over the next two decades, I would say there's gonna be a a spike, a big spike, in people being more conscious about their wellness. Mm -hmm. So anything that's connected to wellness is gonna see growth. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important what you all are doing, and finding the uniqueness on bringing all of those topics together. And it's going to pay off in a way that I don't really think I really truly understand right now. Because anybody that's investing into wellness today, it's a large um, potential to impact a lot of people in different ways. And it's needed,
1: like greatly needed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. the support, bro. Appreciate um, the support. Wait, before he go, yeah. no. So he was in Houston the other night. I called him. I think I was calling you about being on the show. Yeah, And he was like, cause I saw on, on IG, he was in Houston. He was like, yo, somebody, anybody in Houston got an extra pair of tickets for the final four. So I was calling him about being on the show. And then uh, we were talking about, uh, or I asked him about who do you think was going to win San Diego State, UConn. He was like, yo bro, them dudes got like, them dudes got like two, three guys in the post. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was just. He was breaking it down because at first I had a little bit of, little bit of hope. hope, and then once he said what he needed to say, the reality set and the sobering reality was <laughs> like, yo, they about to get about run to- off the court. <laughs> God, <Golly." laughs> They about to get whopped, You know what I'm saying? Your your love of sports, man. Um, yeah, he's He loves sports like I love sports, like really loves the competitiveness of it. And I know um, you're beginning to, uh, hopefully we can have you on a, a later show to talk about that, how you're sort of stepping into some of these spaces and everything. But um, w- uh, in terms of sports right now for you, like uh, is there something on the calendar that's coming up? I don't know, NBA championship, um uh, I don't know, boxing, anything, an event that's got you like, yeah. All right. Oh yeah, Tank Davis and Ron Garcia. Woo! I knew I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. Yeah. I wanted to make but I do yeah, it. Yeah, that's
0: gonna be a fight. Yeah, that's gonna be a very, very interesting fight. What you think? Um Let's talk about this real quick because I got some So <laughs> what you think? So I'm a betting man. Okay. So I okay. wanna bet against Tank Davis so bad. Okay. But he's just too mad. He's like he's too angry, and he's so early in his career and his skill set on how he sees boxing. It's very hard for me to think that he's gonna lose. You know what I'm saying? What you think? I agree. I I
2: think I think people underestimate his skill of boxing because they they the power right. Mm -hmm. You see the power. And they're always like, oh, if it goes late, every single fight, if it, it goes, goes late, late rounds, he yeah. can't survive. If you notice, I mean, he has, he's knocked people out early, but he's also had some kind of late round yeah. knockouts. And he's, he's a smart boxer. Yeah. He doesn't, exude, he's like that Floyd Mayweather school, like he doesn't exude a lot of uh, energy. You know what I mean? Defensive, he's fast, and he got the power on top of that and he just has something to prove. I feel like he, he just has that chip still, but not in, into the way where he makes mistakes.
1: I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the squared circle. Um, have been for a very, very long time. I love Tank. Tank and... and, and uh, Tank and um, Bud. Bud are my favorite <laughs> fighters. Mm-hmm Um, because they fight with desperation. Yes. Um, But they also fight with acute skill. Mm -hmm. They're very skilled. I love Tank. Ryan's going to give him some problems. Um, The problems that Ryan presents are the length, um, Ryan does not fight short. Yeah. Yeah, Santa Jab. Cruz fought short. Mm-hmm. So I told the homie, you remember? Yeah. I said he gonna sleep him. Mm-hmm. And I told him the to round. I said, he gonna sleep him. It's gonna be six and it's gonna be with an uppercut. Mm-hmm. I literally it's on the text. Me, him, me, what, Jalen? Oh, we yes. all on? I was like, he gonna sleep know. him. He didn't to come back out. He wanna it, 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 it's yeah. nothing. Ryan presents a problem if he does what he does. Which is if he stays on the end of the jab. Um, if he stays on the end of the jab and he circles and he's really patient like he's saying he's going to be. Then we're going to have a... Tank's going to have to do something that we've never seen Tank do. To dig into his to, toolbox. To stop him. Tank's... I, that's That's the only thing. Ryan just... And I'm not a fuck. uh, I can't, I I want Tank to, I want Tank to just knock him into fucking. But the other thing is that people aren't looking at is that Ryan has someone in his corner who's been in this moment, this almost exact moment. Mm -hmm. And that's Oscar De La Hoya when he was fighting Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. And Oscar De La Hoya, you can look at tapes now, he says it. If I would have stayed on the fucking end of that jab, I was controlling the fight. Mm-hmm. He's shorter than me. I fought short. I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. I let my ego and stuff take. If Ryan Garcia, this is the thing though. If Ryan Garcia makes it a firefight at any time. Anytime. He going to sleep. I, I, I think that. I but, think he that. Going, but if he stayed, it's, Tank going to have to do something that we haven't seen Tank do. I He's think, gonna make Tank dig down deep. I think a body shot is
0: gonna, gonna You think a body shot is gonna, the body shot gonna change? I think the body shot gonna change. Yeah, I think Tank. But he gotta get close. I think, I think that it's gonna be very hard for any boxer mm-hmm. to go eight, nine rounds and not get close.
1: Especially mm-hmm. when you're dealing with aggression. Yeah. You know what when I'm you saying? You get tired naturally and when you get tired
2: the yeah. distance.
1: Yeah, this is no, listen, I totally agree. I just feel and again, I love let's be very clear. Oh yeah. I love Tank Davis. I expect Tank Davis to win the fight. But what I'm telling you is on April 22nd it's going to be dramatic. Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be. It's, it's going to be, be dramatic. a dramatic
0: incredible fight and literally I was just a betting man. I'm like, boy, if you just put on right the <laughs> of a grand on that, that <laughs> straight, just, you go, going gonna win? Cause ain't nobody going it's gonna be a, it's gonna be hard for to convince anybody that that Tank Davis is not gonna win that fight. Um, before we get out of here, where can,
2: um, where can our, our peoples check more book. about all the things you have going on? Oh, get the yeah.
0: book, um, cultureplaybook.com. Um, The that's the that's the website. I mean that can direct you to wherever that you need to go, but the book is probably the most powerful the most impactful thing I've done mm-hmm. because it's free information that is applicable to anybody in any walk of their business journey and personal journey depending on you know how personal you are
1: with your business you know what I'm <laughs> saying? love it well yeah love it appreciate yeah. you bro I will appreciate you appreciate yeah. you appreciate you
2: uh sweet life. Dream Hotel Hollywood. Esteemed guests, Worldwide Tie, Malik Rashid, Chief Johnson. Make sure you tap in, and we'll see y'all soon.